there is uh, there is another halacha that needs to be discussed at this point. We know that we're in uh, clearly excruciating of circumstances. And we know that the halakha is flexible in sha'at dahak situations where we try to find a legal leniency in order to allow the people to act uh, halakhically, but without going you know, outside the parameters of the halakha. You know, halakhot have strict parameters, and we're not allowed just to put halakhot aside unless, of course, it's pikuach nefesh. If it's pikuach nefesh, then, on the contrary, we must put halakha to the side and deal with life and death. And we know that already, and it should be reinforced. Shabbat, which is punishable by sekila, is pushed to the side in a case of life and death, or even a sefek of life and death. All of our members clearly hear the Hatzalam members every Shabbat. And their cars running around the neighborhood tending to maybe people that have sakanat nefashot. So we know that our Torah is a living Torah. The Torah puts life ahead of everything. Therefore, one must uh, protect his health. I remind you that it's the only mitzvah in the Torah that says me'od. That's the pilio etz rights. That me'od means you must watch your bodies and health me'od a lot. I think that maybe the reason why they had to say me'od is because uh, people have a tendency, especially people that feel healthy, and they take risks and they say, ah, I'm okay, I'm, I eat good, I take my vitamins. Therefore, you know, they may, be, they may be lax. They think that, nobody thinks that they're vulnerable. Nobody thinks that they're uh, susceptible. So the Torah has to mehazek the person. No matter who you are, v'nishmartem, me'od. You have to be very, very, very careful. Nobody's uh, infallible and nobody's, uh, uh, necessarily has a guaranteed protection. Furthermore, I think the Pasuk speaks in the plural language, uh, This is a mitzvah on each individual Jew. By Shabbat it says, Shamon at Yom Shabbat. It's talking to the individual. But over here it says, because I think that when it comes to these laws of health, uh, it must be a, a group effort. You know, if one person is being careful, another one isn't, so the one that isn't puts the one that is at risk. Especially in a pandemic like this, you have those that are being very careful to the best of their ability. You have those that are being, uh, I would say, reckless or negligent. And those people can carry the disease and bring it to the people that are being careful. So therefore the Torah says for this to work, to have a healthy society, it has to be a group effort. So of course, we understand very clearly that when it comes to issues of uh, one's health, one has to be very, very, very careful. We know that the halakha is so strict on things that we don't even understand the issues uh, of health, but the halakha understood it and therefore said to keep away from it. For example, the halakha in Shohan that says one is not allowed to have fish and meat together. Kosher fish, kosher meat, you can't put it on the same plate and eat it together. We know that law, but the basis of that law is because the Achamim understood that there's a health risk to that. Although we don't understand really the health risk, but it doesn't matter. The Achamim already established there's a health risk, and therefore we are very, very strict not to do it. Some people, according to 
The Ben Ishai, for example, they won't have fish and cheese together. Again, because there's some opinions that believe that there's a health risk on that. So you see the halakha is very, very careful, even on something that uh, modern medicine might not have proven, but the halakha already establishes that it is an issue of health, a sakana. So sakana usually overrides uh, everything. So I go back again. If somebody clearly is in danger, not only on the holiday, on Shabbat, on Yom Kippur, on any of these days, of course, we waive even eating on Kippur. I remind you, Rabbi Yisrael Salant in his time, where there was a cholera epidemic, he got up in his shul on Yom Kippur and made kiddush and drank the wine to show everybody they should eat this year. They should not fast. So, <clears throat> we cannot over, overemphasize and overstate the importance of uh, being healthy and taking precaution and following protocol. This is, uh, this is part of the Torah itself. You, know, you cannot follow only one part of the Torah. You have to know when the Torah is suspended. You have to know what is the priorities to have the proper, the proper balance. You have to take out your scale and weigh what does the Torah consider more important in what situation. So clearly health overrides everything. But one has to be very careful not to use this heter uh, of, you know, sakanat nefashot, pikuach nefesh, to start uh, allowing uh, anything. As an example, the halakha says that a lady who's nida has to go to the mikveh. We know what a mikveh is. We have mikvaot baruch Hashem in our community. We have mikvaot baruch Hashem all over the world. We're very, very familiar with this mitzvah. Of course, it becomes a little more challenging during a time of a pandemic to make sure that the mikvaot are sanitary and following the protocols, which they should always be following sanitary protocol. But now there is even a more stricter. Whatever the doctors have recommended, the heat of the water, the, uh, the wiping down of the bars, and the disinfecting of the rooms... Whatever the protocol of the doctors that believe uh, to make a, let's say, a lady's mikveh suitable for a lady to dip in must be followed. Uh, must be followed with every, every stringency and every, and every detail. That's of course. And Baruch Hashem, we have great doctors in our community that are concerned about the welfare of these ladies that are going to the mikvahot. And they gave the protocols. What exactly has to be done? And by and large, the mikvaot are um, acquiescing and abiding by the rules. Um, this is the proper way. And therefore, as long as a mikveh is following these uh, guidelines, and we have the doctor's uh, word that if the guidelines are being followed, and the people who are going are following the guidelines that they're not sick, and they're following the quarantine rules. So therefore, mikvaot clearly are, uh, are open for the ladies to use following the, the guidelines, as I said. So here comes, uh, you know, the, uh, those that would like to come along and uh, because of the pandemic, to introduce other options. Now, of course, another option would be that if a lady is nervous and scared and worried. She does not have to go to the mikveh. She could wait until this, you know, passes, God willing. Uh, 
and then uh, she's fine. However, to introduce um, alternate options that the halakha does not uh, agree with, going into one's bathtub or going into a jacuzzi or filling up a baby pool with water and uh, going in uh, to the pool. Uh, so these are not halakhic options. Granted, I'm sure there's one or two rabbis in the history of Judaism that uh, gave these options under circumstances. But in halakha, we don't follow one or two opinions. You can find an opinion for everything, I'm sure. We have to follow what the post scheme said. Does not give that option under any circumstance. So to tell a lady that, you know, well, it's uh, difficult times, which it is, so fill up the bathtub and you can rely on Rabbi so and so. When it comes to halakha, you're not really allowed to pick and choose who we follow and who we don't follow. You have to follow a asel echarab, you have to follow a a path of a rabbi. We accepted the opinions of our rabbis. Hacham Avadiah especially was the expert. Nobody wrote a book on Tarat Mishpaha like the Hacham and Tarat Abayit. And he doesn't offer those, offer those options. And if somebody offers you that option, you have to call your rabbi and ask and say, uh, you know, is that, is that what we do? And again, you could find a rabbi in a text and say, hey, you see this rabbi so-and-so allowed it. But again, uh, we don't shop for leniencies. Although I say at the same time that in time of crisis, of course, there's room for leniency, but we have to ask our rabbis which leniencies are tolerable and which are not. Uh, it's not that we just, you know, suspend the whole uh, accepted tradition and do anything we want and find, you know, lenient opinions that were not accepted and just allow it because... We're in a situation. We solved that situation, Baruch Hashem. The mikvaot uh, were given guidelines by the doctors, and therefore they're able to uh, function. Of course, I would not recommend anybody to go to a men's mikveh at this time. The men's mikveh is, uh, first of all, that's a midat hasidut. It's not necessary. And there's other ways that the halakha, the halakha, Maimonides, allowed men to purify themselves uh, through... Uh, pouring water over their body, or like in a shower, or the Benish Hai offers a special netila yadayim that could be done. Those are our rabbis, Maimonides, uh, all the way down to the Benish Hai. The Chabavadiah, of course, brings these opinions as well. That's for the men. You know, if you tell me a man wants to jump into a swimming pool, so that's another thing. A man's mikveh today is not from the law. But to tell a lady who her dipping in the mikveh is from the Torah, so our traditional rabbis have not uh, allowed it. And uh, I don't think this needs to be spoken out. I think our community recognizes that. These, uh, this was never our, our tradition under all circumstances, you know, to allow ladies to go dip in the bathtubs and in a swimming pool or in a baby pool. It's true. The halakha and the discusses going to an ocean. That is a different subject. I don't know in our parts here in New York, what's a bit cold, if that's an option uh, to tell somebody to go in the ocean. But we know that leniency, that under certain circumstances, 
if the uh, situation presents itself and the conditions are right, but of course a lady follows all the different uh, rules of going into the ocean, that would be halachically uh, permissible. The ocean is the best mikveh, technically. It's a natural mikveh. But uh, these other leniencies that are brought down uh, really have to be uh, have to be rejected. Again, they were not accepted by Hakam of Shalom. They were not accepted by our rabbis of our community. These uh, these leniencies, as we never heard them before, and there's no chokmah to introduce these leniencies at this point, especially when the mikvaot are still open and they're still functioning. There's a uh, another halacha uh, that's floating around that's introducing uh, listening to the Haggadah or watching the Haggadah via Zoom with our families. Now, the Zoom uh, invention is really, really uh, beneficial. Uh, really during these times that we're able to maintain our relationship with our students, with our families, uh, families are zooming each other, you know, every day before Shabbat. Parents are able to see their grandchildren and their children. Rabbis are able to interact with their students. Uh, people that are in business are able to interact with their associates. So it's a great, it's a great thing. Uh, clearly, uh, it's a great thing for the weekdays. Nobody would imagine uh, to interact on a Zoom chat on uh, on a Shabbat, for example. Even if you turn the Zoom on before Shabbat, uh, clearly to interact uh, via these, uh, you know, uh, chat rooms, as we call them, these uh, these definitely entail different isurim, different things that are forbidden, even if it was turned on from before Shabbat. Rabbi Shlomo Amar may live and be well, chief rabbi of Jerusalem, recently just wrote a teshuvah, saying that there's numerous things that would be forbidden of keeping a Zoom chat on on Shabbat. Now, we all agree, if there was pikuach nefesh involved, forget about a Zoom chat. You can jump into your car and uh, you could do, uh, you know, all the 39 melachot on Shabbat in order to save somebody's life that we know. One has to really... uh, uh, be honest with himself, that is uh, connecting a Zoom chat to make a seder with families that haven't seen each other, is that already uh, a pikuach nefesh issue? That if this Zoom chat is not going to happen, and people who are not together on Pesach, that there's a potential that they might die. This is uh, a little far-fetched to believe so, uh, we know that everybody's under stress, and we know that it's not an optimum situation. Uh, and clearly, we must check on our parents on a daily basis, and we must check on our grandparents and the elders. And it's unfortunate. Everybody wants to be together on Pesach. Uh, although, you know, many families never even discussed this when they would travel away for Pesach, and their families were all, you know, in different places. Nobody thought, hey, you know, I miss my parents who are in Brooklyn and we're away in uh, Florida. Let's Zoom them on the holiday because we want to be together. Then nobody really was worried about that. Uh, nobody was worried when they go to deal for the summer and their parents are in Brooklyn to Zoom them 
on Shabbat, and they don't see them for three, four weeks at a time. Nobody ever thought to Zoom on a, on a holiday at that point. Uh, our families, sometimes people travel to the Orient for a month at a time. Nobody ever thought to Zoom, uh, you know, before Shabbat or before Yom Tov uh, to be with their family like that. These, these cases are not new in the sense that families were not always together. Families sometimes are separated. Nobody ever thought that this was a pikuah nefesh case. Again, unless you're a doctor and you need to get in touch with a family and so on and so forth, then forget about Zoom. You can do all the 39 melachot on Shabbat. We're not discussing that. So I believe that uh, uh, just to, uh, for the convenience and the enjoyment that we can see our parents, Rabbi Ahmad is not so sure that the Zoom it will even solve that, you know. It might even cause more pain that everybody sees each other on the Zoom and they're distanced from each other and they're going to miss each other. might call them even more agmat nefesh, you know. Sometimes out of sight, out of mind. Now you're going to put it on the Zoom and it's going to only create more de'aga, uh, 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 more worries, more anxiety. But nonetheless, the rabbi ruled that he finds no leniency uh, to set the Zoom up before the hag in order that families can participate in these, uh, these sedarim. So again, we have to be, and therefore he comes out and he says it's uh, it's 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 uh, uh, has many isurim involved in it. Uh, recently, there was a letter that came out. He rejected the letter, uh, Rabbi Ahmad, uh, chief rabbi of Jerusalem. I spoke to other rabbis in Eretz Israel also, and they don't they don't see it. But again, these are rabbis that we never heard of. And they signed the letter, and all of a sudden, again, you could pick and choose anything. You could find an opinion for anything. So now, all of a sudden, our new rabbi of the day is, you know, those that signed a letter that believe it's okay. You have to make for yourself a rav. And traditionally, uh, our community has had Rabbi Amar by, in our synagogues. He visits us. He's connected to our community, chief rabbi of Jerusalem. The same ruling came from Hakam Yitzhak Yosef, from Hakam Avayah's family, that he doesn't see any room to be lenient on this either. So these are our rabbis that we're always accustomed to sending our questions to. And uh, we haven't heard from the great poskim of our community that would allow such a thing. On the other hand, you should Zoom your parents every day, and you should Zoom your grandparents every day and tend to them. And if, God forbid, somebody says that they're uh, suicidal, they're going to die, God forbid, unless uh, you Zoom them, so then we know that it's a pikuach nefesh. We don't argue on that. Like I said, you can do all the 39 melachot of Shabbat if somebody is suicidal or somebody is has in danger. But that does not allow us for the convenience and for the emotion to overreact and allow things that halakha, does not know as difficult as it is, uh, and as and as hard as it is, but again we have to be careful that just because we're in a hard time, not to just you know blow apart all of the law. The law still has its its rules, although there's some uh, room in the joints for it to be flexible under the situation, but not just to you know open the uh, the gateways of the law and allow. Uh, allow anything. Uh, we could also wonder, you know, what that does, although Rabbi Ahmad did not mention this in his letter, to the Hanukkah of the children, that uh, they start seeing us teleconferencing a seder, uh, again, 
uh, it would not be uh, would not be appropriate. Again, uh, so if uh, the question has been asked by the chief rabbi of Jerusalem, he gave a very very clear answer. It's written, and he has rejected this option uh, of zooming uh, for the seder. Again. You can ask your doctors, if everybody's been in quarantine for the two-week period and uh, there's social distancing at the Seder, maybe the doctors will allow the families that have followed the protocol till now uh, to get together under, under the certain circumstances. That you'll have to ask your doctor. Uh, whatever they say, of course, will follow. But uh, to come along and uh, do this option, again, I'm not going through the different things of what it entails, it's Isur, but clearly there's different things that would be problematic with it, and therefore one should not, I repeat again, one should not uh, take this leniency of using a Zoom for a for a Seder, um, again, unless it's established that it's a Pikuach Nefesh, which uh, to me, I would see that it's a rare case of somebody that is in a life and death situation because he cannot be with his family at the Seder. These things happen every Shabbat that families cannot be together. These things happen all the time uh, during the course of the year. Or every Pesach when families are split up, half go there and half go to the other place. They're in Brooklyn, they're in Deal, they're in Florida. And nobody ever thought that there's a Bikuah Nefesh. Everybody felt they're doing what they want to do and uh, everybody will survive. Why, why is it now a Bikuah Nefesh all of a sudden that uh, said it has to be zoomed. Although we appreciate the, the we are, we understand the the the, uh, the difficulty of it. Of course, everybody wants to be with their parents at the Seder and with their children and grandchildren. But for that luxury, which we in our community we look at it as almost a necessity. It's true that we love to be with our families, but uh, when we can't. Uh, we we are still bound by by the Jewish law. As I recently said in a eulogy of him, uh, when the people would come to him and they would press him for certain leniencies, he would Sam Cat and Alav Hashem once told me this. The rabbi would put his hands together like this, and he would say, "My hands are bound and tied to the rulings of Harambam and the Shohan Aruch." That means even the greatest rabbi, who the people are looking for a leniency. He cannot always give it. Sometimes we're bound by the law, as as difficult as it is. Of course, it sounds cruel and it sounds mean. And uh, how? Why can't we be uh, lenient or miss my parents? Miss my. You're right. Sometimes, uh, under circumstances, the halacha demands us to behave, uh, you know, accordingly, as difficult as it is. So again, uh, while I'm not, we're not against the zoom. The contrary, all of our members have been using it uh, productively. And I think probably even when this is all over, this will be a new uh, means that we're going to use to uh, communicate in our yeshivot and our businesses, which we do anyway, and with our families. Uh, But uh, to come along and uh, be lenient without a a strong basis uh, for the seder, to make a Zoom seder, I believe that that is... uh, and I don't believe anything. I just know that the chief rabbi, Rabbi Amar, wrote a very, very strong letter against it, and therefore it should not be followed. 
Again, that doesn't mean that there'll be other leniencies that we will be able to follow. This one, we're not. There's certain leniencies that cross the, cross the line. And uh, the rabbis, or the experts on this, you know, and they know all the opinions. They know that this rabbi says this and that rabbi says that. Again, an amateur who really doesn't know uh, how to be posik, it could be very cleverly show us opinions. And therefore, show me a paper with a rabbi that says it, and it's impressive to the, to the, to the layman. Say, wow, see, it's a rabbi lenient. So, so this is the rabbi of the day, and therefore we'll take his leniency. That's not the way halacha works. in his teshuvot always brings two sides. And guess what? The two sides are 20 rabbis this way and 20 rabbis that way. Not one rabbi that he finds in an old manuscript. He, he brings you two sides. And then, using the rules of psak, that obviously the, the, the poskim know how to use, which is rules here, he decides which side has more uh, veracity, which side has more uh, a truth to it, based on the rules, and therefore he rules one way. Uh, so there's always opinions. There's no chokhmah just to find the most lenient opinion and then just say, whoever the most lenient opinion is, that's the way we rule. Especially when that lenient opinion is rejected by the poskim of our time. So again, Rabotai, I, uh, I remind you, even those that are making these Zoom minyanim, which we do in our shul as well, Eshleim, I think it's a great idea. Uh, you have uh, the men can get together in the morning that are used to it. They can hear each other's voices. They can see each other. They're able to pray together. Uh, it's, a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I'm all for it. It keeps the uh, congregation connected. It keeps them, uh, uh, you know, uh, they have to, it gives them a reason to get up in the morning on time, to pray, the Kiryat Shema the right time, and so on. That's, uh, you know, that's, that, that, that's fine. And Baruch Hashem, many of the synagogues are doing it. And uh, again, like I said, I think it's a great idea. Of course, the Halakha tells us it would not be considered a minyan. You need to have 10 men in under one roof for a minyan to happen. Not uh, a, a virtual minyan, but everybody's in their own home via the, uh, the Zoom or the Skype. But nonetheless, it's still a good idea. It's still a good idea to get together pray at the same time, when everybody's praying together, it's a great thing. Nobody thought to do that now on Yom Tov. Forget about Pesach. Maybe we should uh, let the Minyanim go via Zoom. Nobody thought to say that. Nobody thought to, nobody dreamt it. Just like nobody dreamt uh, to do this at the Seder as well. So again, uh, I will tell you, uh, follow the post scheme that we've accepted. Um, again, you'll always find uh, uh, an opinion that will come out and say you know this is okay and you could do it but that's not the chokhmah here to find lenient opinions it's a chokhmah to find the accepted opinion um, law there's always two sides of every case and then you have to follow the accepted opinion so therefore again uh, for our members uh, we would follow the rulings of Hakam Shlomo Amar that saw all the uh, information in front of him, saw the two sides, and categorically ruled that it's, um, it's wrong, and he couldn't imagine it. He even thought, in the last line of his letter, he says that uh, it was even, uh, you know, uh, uh, signed by a reformed uh, rabbi, which I don't know where he gets his information, 
but that's what somebody told them. That that's 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 what this uh, that's what this sounds like. So therefore, well, again, leniencies must be uh, looked into. Like the like the Mishnah Yishtim writes, "Kol kulas nicha bedika." Anytime you take a leniency, it needs to be uh, studied properly to make sure that it's, it's, it's it has a sound basis. And if it does have a sound basis, by all means, Shalom was known for that for looking for the sound leniency to help the people. Nothing wrong with that as long as it's it's sound. But uh, you know, uh, to come along and uh, take. Uh, Opinions that are not accepted, even though we're under a great circumstance. And uh, we should be lenient in certain things. We must be lenient, but that doesn't mean we have to be lenient in everything. So again, um, I would say very, very clearly that we must uh, make the Siddharim as best as we can with whoever is able to attend, following the protocols of whatever the doctors are telling us. But at the same time, we shouldn't uh, you know, start doing things that are extreme, that are unnecessary, uh, including Zoom, Sedarim, uh, and, and things like that. Uh, on the contrary, this is a time to do things in the most traditional, in the most halakhic way possible, in order that we should find favor in the eyes of God. And Be'azat Hashem, this Magifa, uh, as they call it, will pass. And those that are ill, which there are many members of our community that are that are suffering, and amongst the uh, the world, but Allah will bring them to the fuas and bring them back to the original strength. Bekarov, en narefan alahim, refuat nefesh, refuat aguf, refuatam kerebal abov echen yiratzov enomar. Amen.